If anything could outshine the ridiculous extravagance of the I.S. Lucy, it was her clientele. Three months had passed by and the once empty halls now bustled with action as folks headed to and fro their rooms, always returning with lighter pockets and lighter heads. The folk that the Lucy catered to were of the like Big Rod had never seen before. Back on Sloan, whenever anyone had a couple extra dollars, they had the tendency to start burning holes in pockets. Money siphoned directly from the employer to the saloon, with the employee acting as no more than a carrier pigeon to take the funds from one place to the other. The folks who walked now up and down the hallways of the steel-plated Lucy at a glance seemed to be nothing like those folks. Instead of torn pants and ratty vests, they wore suits, dresses, tuxedos of all colors and designs. They carried themselves with an air of importance that boasted a not-at-all-subtle undertone of superiority, one that most often manifested in their oh-so-kind treatment of the floor staff. They looked fancy and pretended to act fancy but closer inspection revealed that these folks weren't no different at all from the Sloan residents, except for one key feature. The money that they squandered flowed out of an endless reserve, and more often than not, there wasn't a single penny in that reserve that was earned. If fresh money burned a hole in pockets, then I guess the older the money, the bigger the hole. <laughs> The casino floor of the I.S. Lucy never saw a decrease in action. All I can figure is Conrad must have had one darn good publicity man because the very same day that the ship opened for business at the port city of New Harbor, not one room was vacant. Folks bought indefinite tickets to stay on the ship until their wells ran dry. Conrad's business model was such that you put a certain amount of money directly into his possession upon entering the ship, money which he guarded in a personal safe in his very own office. And in return for that money, he gave you a certain amount of chips every day, subtracting, of course, a meager sum for the pleasure of staying aboard his fine vessel. You could stay on for as many port stops as you liked, and whenever you wanted to get off, you were meant to visit Conrad and give him however many chips you'd made. He would return however much money hadn't been subtracted by your room tab or bar tab, in addition to any money you may have made, and you'd be on your way. I don't think in the entire history of Conrad's life he ever handed anyone more money than they walked in with. On one particular day, just two months after opening, one particular man arrived on the scene. Everybody who came aboard the Lucy was wealthy, and Big Rod never was one for trying to guess just what extent that wealth stretched to. In the case of this individual, no guessing was required. 
It was announced that the Lucy was to make an unexpected stop at the small but luxurious Port Vita. When we arrived at the port, no one got off. But one man got on. He was human, just like every other wealthy stuck-up customer that Lucy had serviced in its so far short time of operation. But unlike the others, he was startlingly proportioned. He couldn't have stood a more than five feet tall Big Rod guest, and that was being generous. He was a rotund fellow, with a bald head crowned by two eagle's wings of black hair coming out each side. Unlike the others who carried themselves with an air of superiority, this man came aboard full of excitement and carrying himself as if they picked him up right off a of Sloan. He hobbled slightly when he walked, but if anything, it just added to his charm. A charm that was constantly accentuated by a boisterous laugh and a contained but sly smile. He was the kind of person Big Rod figured Conrad would never allow on his ship. But Conrad hadn't just allowed this man on. He made a stop, special just for him. He personally welcomed him aboard and he placed him into a hitherto unused living quarters that had its own floor above the command deck, with a broad glass curved wall that gave a constant view out into space. Big Rod had only heard rumors of this man for the first half of the day he'd been on board, but when evening came, he knew that this man of mystery, just like everyone else aboard, would make his presence known on the main floor. It was early on in the night, and Big Rod was dealing a hold'em game between two friends. Besides that, the floor was mostly empty. Marcus was talking to one of the bartenders, getting in a welcome break before he started his night, and Galgung was taking his break to play what Big Rod had come to know was called a bass, the large, bodacious, curved instrument he'd noticed his first day. Galgung wasn't part of the casino band, but he was excellent. And if his muscles hadn't impressed Conrad, Big Rod always figured his playing would have done the job just fine. It was for this reason that Conrad, as a consolation, allowed Galgung to play around when the floor was mostly empty and when Galgung was on break. Big Rod himself had been taking a break alongside Marcus just ten minutes prior, but dealers were always on duty. If a customer came in asking to play, Conrad's rule was, if they're paying, they're playing. And these men certainly were paying. The relative calm of the floor erupted at once into noise as the main casino doors swung open with laughter and the blinding light of Conrad's white suit, which never seemed to dull in intensity. Beside Conrad strolled a figure Big Rod had never seen before, but he didn't need to. It was the mysterious man, and he hobbled onto the main floor as if walking into his own living room. Behind him strolled a procession of folks dressed in their Sunday's finest, keeping a big enough distance so they didn't seem like they were eavesdropping, but staying close enough that anybody with half a brain knew that's exactly what they were doing. The new presence aboard the floor immediately made his destination known as his scanning eyes locked on Big Rod's table. 
The other dealers scattered from their various spots around the room, in of course the most professional way imaginable, and made their ways to their respective tables in preparation for the coming storm, which had arrived significantly before the forecasted time. Unfortunately, they weren't quick enough. Pardon me, but do you two fellas got room for a couple more around here? Yeah? Uh, all right, all right, let's get going. The voice of the mystery man jarred Big Rod. It was one he wasn't used to. Leastways, not aboard this ship. It was abrasive, harsh, and didn't seem to befit a man of his status. Then Big Rod saw it. As the short man took a seat on the far side of the table, he locked eyes with Big Rod for just a half a moment. But that was enough. He carried cunning in his eyes. A sly wisdom that caused a feeling in Big Rod as if this man had more power than he could understand. The glance was half hidden behind inch-thick glass spectacles. Far from the modern trend among society's elites, but this man wore them proudly. It was almost as if with everything he was, he was saying, I don't care one bit about who you are or who you think I am, because I'm fully okay with what I've got. Oh, those are some nice cards you got there. You're going to win it with those cards for sure. The man sat peeking the cards of the man next to him while he waited for their round to finish. This was far from casino regulation, but Big Rod figured he probably shouldn't say anything if Conrad, who was sitting not four feet away, felt no need to enforce the rules himself. Let me tell you, buddy. You're just going to want to get out of the way of these guys. They're, they're going to take it all the way home, he said to the second man and laughed loudly. The two men couldn't help but slightly grin, and the second man threw his cards in, giving a not entirely small amount of buckaroos to his friend. All right, dealer, let's, let's get this show on the road. Let me see him. What's your name, kid? The man was eager to start the new hand, but... Big Rod was so taken aback by his question that he paused a moment. It wasn't casino regulation to peek at another man's cards, but it was a whole nother thing to ask a dealer his name. Here on board the Lucy, the dealer might as well have been a card dispensing machine that told you whether or not you'd won at the end of the night. The name's Big Rod, sir. Big Rod responded slowly as he started to deal out the cards. First-hand blinds today are ten and twenty. Nice to meet you, Big Rod. My name's Deck. Deck Reynolds. This is a fine ship you got here. You enjoy living aboard? Well, sir, it certainly has its moments. Deck. The man corrected Big Rod. Big Rod glanced at Conrad for approval, but he had no answer in his eyes. It certainly has its moments, Deck. Well, that's nice. That That's real nice. I think I'm going to play this hand. What about you fellas? Deck took a welcome break from his staring contest with Big Rod and looked to the side to gauge the reactions of the other three men around the table. They each, in turn, slowly paid their dues and prepared to play the hand. In the back, the band made their way to the stage, and Marcus was slowly strolling up to the microphone. Good evening, folks. 
I do hope you enjoy your night aboard the Lucy. And as always, may luck be on your side. In a burst, the band began playing and Marcus started singing a little tune to bring about the evening's atmosphere in a flash. Conrad waved over Galgung and stood up tossing his cards into the middle. I'd love to stay and play, gentlemen, but unfortunately, duty calls. The best of luck to you tonight, Mr. Reynolds, and I do hope you enjoy your stay aboard the I.S. Lucy. Conrad took his leave gracefully and strolled across the casino floor and out the main doors. Well, Big Rod, now that the boss man is gone, let's get down to some real talk. I'm looking to win big tonight, you hear me? And I won't take no for an answer. So you gentlemen better get ready to rumble, because Deck Reynolds is on the floor. <laughs> <laughs>